0: Ooh, Whoa, that's weird. I feel like I just kind of popped back into existence after being missing for a week. He was just
1: kind of out there in limbo, buddy. Yeah. I'm not talking about the dance. No, that would
0: hurt. The back's too crickety-crackety for that shit. Yeah, that doesn't work
1: for folks at our age, does
0: it? Don't know if I'm more worried about my back or my knees, to be honest. Uh. But some people who aren't worried about their backs and their knees are the heroes we watch on our televisions each and every week known as professional wrestlers, and that's the reason we're all here to celebrate professional wrestling. And to do that, this week we've got two pay-per-view results. Oh, Count them. busy week. Two. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, I tell you what, one of them was, was worth watching. Which one? You'll be guessing until we get there.
1: But it was two big shows. You had, um, Impact Slammiversary on Saturday, and of course, that's kind of their anniversary show. Had no way, really? I always wondered <laughs> what that meant. And, um, and then you had WWE's obligatory extreme rules, but they, they switched it up in the COVID 19 era, in the cinematic universe era. And they uh, had the horror show at Extreme Rules. The so,
0: horrible, I mean, horror show
1: <laughs> at Extreme Rules. Uh, I, was, I was surprised when I first seen the actual name of it was the horror show at Extreme Rules. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then come to find out that really only applied for well, two maybe two matches. Two matches. Two matches. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I could put in the horror category. Yeah. It so was, I guess uh, that's that's more than some. <laughs> <laughs>
0: is it some? I think it's a couple. And a couple is probably less than some.
1: Well, I mean it's it's more than some pay-per-views have had for horror oh, matches. Yeah. And, and less than others have had for horror matches. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was implying. I'm sorry. Um
0: and I don't know that I'd call Rollins at Mysterio a horror match after watching it. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. We'll get to it when time comes. But of course, we're at the top of the show and to kick it off right, Fat Mac, why don't you take us back in this week in pro wrestling history?
1: Well, Pasty, back in 1984 on July 23rd, MTV presented WWF's The Brawl to End It All. Of course, it didn't end it all. It kept going and not so, to be
0: mistaken all with brawl for all which, which is was deep. way worse
1: yeah <laughs> and that show the brawl ended all emanated from madison square garden the special featured what is largely glossed over by fans as the first ever women's wwf main event on a major show and was broadcast on the msg network a regional sports channel in the new york area the show's hook was a WWF Women's Championship match between the long-reigning champion The Fabulous Moolah and the upstart Wendy Richter with pop sensation Cyndi Lauper in her corner. The event, which was sparked by Captain Lou Albano filming the music video for Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Wanna Have Fun, set off the famous rock and wrestling connection that would culminate with the first WrestleMania a few months later. The event wasn't a huge success at the box office, actually, but it was a huge winner for MTV, which was a new company at the time. It drew a massive 9.0 rating for the network. Pasty, can you imagine any wrestling show getting a 9.0 rating in today's world?
0: <laughs> I, think,
1: uh, I think like Raw, I think you gets about a 1.8 and SmackDown like a 2.3 on average. Wow. And this was, and this wasn't a huge show, but it was make it did make it the most watched show on the. Well, music you have to also remember, people time. thought
0: it was real back then. <laughs> and also, so I gotta say, I think of Lua Bano f- filming a music video, and it just all I can think of him as Super Mario, the Mario acting <laughs> really like over the top and like crouching down super low to get shots and like.
1: Swing your arm <laughs> from side to side.
0: <laughs> That's the dance she's doing in the video. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's the only choreography he knows.
1: Of course, he does play her cantankerous dad in the, the video, and he's yelling at her for playing her music too loud. And It's really fun. It's a good song, good video. If any wrestling fans haven't seen it, go go check it out on YouTube. It's a fun video. But what was this card that brought in the massive 9.0 rating for the At That Time Music Television channel? Well, we've seen Paul Orndorff, that's right, Mr. Wonderful, defeating Chief J. Strongbow. Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch defeated Sergeant Slaughter and Terry Daniels to retain the WWF Tag Team Championships. Bob Backlund defeated Butcher Vachon via submission. Tito Santana and Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. fought to a 20-minute draw for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Holy
0: shit, time limit draws in WWF. That's (laughs) so
1: crazy. Um, In a rare mid-match performance, Hulk Hogan defeated Greg Valentine to retain the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Antonio Inoki defeated Charlie Fulton to retain the often forgotten WWF World Martial Arts Championship. Yes, that was a real championship. You know, Ra
0: has ninjas now. Let's bring <laughs> it back.
1: The Iron Sheik defeated Tony Guerrero. Samoan Sika, who uh, some folks may know as Roman Reigns' father, defeated Ron Da, who some folks might not know because he's a nobody. Uh, Samoan Alpha defeated Rene Goulet. Antonio Inoki won a 20-man battle royal. And the main event seen Wendy Richter defeat Fabulous Moolah to win the WWF Women's Championship. The win ended the Fabulous Moolah's dominant run as Women's Champion at an astounding 10,170 days for over 27 years.
0: Oh, Becky didn't even come close, man.
1: Now, that's if you don't count four brief losses not recognized by WWF. Although, accounting for those brief runs, it's still an even 10,100 days. So, um, yeah, let's, let's just put it this way. No woman's going to surpass that title. No. Range.
0: Wow. <laughs> she just didn't fight a match for like 25 years, right?
1: She just held on to the title.
0: <laughs> she Brock lesnar the shit out of that belt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, but that was huge because, as mentioned, that kicked off the Rock and Wrestling era, which kicked off WrestleMania, Hulkamania,
0: Hulk Hogan's uh, Rock and Wrestling.
1: Yeah, I mean it just really it made.
0: Am I saying it that wrong with that cartoon?
1: No, that that is the cartoon. Okay, and, and I think it um.
0: And then Chris Jericho just jacked it and added a few words onto it for his cruise.
1: <laughs> right. That helped form WWF into what it And Hulk like,
0: Hogan's not allowed at any uh, AEW shows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to see new threads here.
1: Right. right. <laughs> What's old is new again. Uh, hey, uh, do you want to know a fun fact about uh, Chris Jericho that blew my mind? I got the recent PWI magazine, and they do the uh, annual PWI awards, which are voted on by the readers of PWI. So it's fans that do it. Yeah. Most devastating finisher went to the Judas effect. It's like, <laughs> how the fuck did that happen? Like, a lot of it made a lot of sense to me. I agreed with a lot I mean, of the it. He
0: usually looks good happened. when he does it, but I just can't.
1: But it's still just a back elbow.
0: The the velocity into it was spinning though, you gotta think of ballet physics.
1: This in the it's classic not, work, to me it's not an impressive work. finisher. But this isn't ballet. <laughs>
0: I mean it's the same it's the same as, as uh uh what the fuck's his nuts, uh, the discus clothesline. It's the same exact thing except instead of a forearm it's an elbow. And I think an elbow hurts a little bit worse. So let's the talk disc- about let's talk about let's talk about Luke Harper from
1: Whoever said that that was the uh, devastating maneuver?
0: Well, I'm just saying, like it's oh, the same thing. Know? It's the same well, thing, and people
1: as the most devastating maneuver.
0: No, you got to drop somebody on their neck for the most devastating maneuver.
1: I know there's a lot of maneuvers out there, as Vince McMahon would say back in the day. I don't man understand maneuver? how the Judas
0: elbow, if if like done in real life, could hit you like a fucking ton of bricks. Because I think I think I could pull that off and knock somebody out pretty easy.
1: In real life it would fuck you up, but at the same time in real life like a DDT would fuck you up way more than that. Yeah. Or even just a uh, thrust to throat, which Plus is just we a- live
0: in an era where people kick out of tombstones and F Yeah. And-
1: I just I just found that I just found that interesting, mm. you know? It just they gave I don't the agree. MVP. They gave him the M V P of twenty nineteen. I'm like, I can see that, Jericho yeah. MVP of twenty nineteen. They had a lot of results I, I agreed with. He is,
0: he is like the, the brand ambassador for AEW, really, when it comes to getting the casuals and the, the WWE.
1: AEW must really be getting over with the uh, wrestling audience because not only did that get the uh, the most devastating finisher, but most attractive female in wrestling went to Brandy Rhodes and most attractive male went to Cody Rhodes.
0: Cody Rhodes is the most... I was most... like,
1: wow. What? And have world you, have you seen Verginal, Finn Balor? Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, all these people exist. Adam Cole, I'm like these are all really sexy guys. <laughs> How did Cody Rhodes?
0: <laughs> he paid a lot of money for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and even and that's after he got that tattoo. Like he, he has to lose points for that tattoo. Come on, it's
0: pretty dumb, especially like <laughs> it's 2020, man. I don't think any of us are that proud to be American right now.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, um, I just, it, it, it's, it's fun. I like, I like reading my PWI and I like the awards ones because again, it's, it's by fans. So it's cool.
0: Cause you can part. guess what flavor crack they're smoking this week. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is fun though. No, I don't most devastating maneuver. That's got to be, what, Kevin Owens' package powerbomb? That's pretty good.
1: That's, I mean, I I always go back to, I guess, any brain buster is probably the most devastating. But if you're looking like in practice that's done regularly, I guess I don't know what... I haven't watched a lot of wrestling for so long, I don't know what's done regularly. Right. Um.
0: It's hard to even say, like, if you if you think about submissions, like, what's the most devastating submission? Because they're all like, nobody nobody owns them like they used to anymore.
1: No, it's not like lock them in and then they tap out right away yeah. sort of stuff anymore. Yeah. It's you lock them in seven times in a match, yeah, and they fight to the ropes every time or something. Yeah, it's it's a different world. Not necessarily worse, not necessarily better, but different. Uh, with that being said, though, Pacey, this is a... Most uh,
0: devastating finishing maneuver goes to La Parca.
1: <laughs> for his leg drop or for what?
0: The move that killed him.
1: Oh, huh? La Parca's alive.
0: Wait, which one? Uh, L.A. Park, then. The original. We talked about him dying after he did that fucking dive out the ring. and
1: Oh, the not-original La yeah, Parca. Yeah, there you go. Not-original La Parca. There
0: you go. The fake 8-1. one.
1: There you go. Yes. Yeah, either or you could go with the 619 <laughs> that killed Pedro Igawa. You know, when Rey Mysterio killed Pedro Igawa. Yeah. That's a, that's a hell of a devastating <laughs> finisher. You know, shit. Woo. Well, let us know what you
0: think the most devastating finisher is at facebook.com forward slash beef sticks podcast. We're awaiting your words so we can. Know that you listen.
1: So we can. <laughs> Basically, something else that's moving into a new time, a new era. Um, Impact Slammiversary yes. kind of mixed the the old and the new in a very delicious mitch match. And
0: I almost want to do these pay-per-views in reverse order just because... <laughs> Do you want to? Yeah,
1: let's do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I'm i going to be honest with everybody listening at home. I did not catch either of these pay-per-views. It's my fault. My bad. I did I for a once. It's a, it's a waste. I, I'm sorry. I'm always, I'm usually dependent to watch, you know, one or two of them. And I didn't. But, um, Pasty, yeah, you came through for us. So you're going to kind of give us the rundown. And I'm just going to, I'm going to give my opinion just based on what's on paper and From what I've heard from you and others.
0: All right. So we're kicking it off with the horror show and extreme rules. And it was not great. It was extremely not great. The kickoff show saw Kevin Owens defeating Murphy in a match that I did not watch, so I cannot comment on. No. Then we had a tables match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Seeing Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura defeating the New Day and stripping them of their gold once more, this uh, was everything you would hope from a a Cesaro and the New Day match. Doesn't matter who Cesaro's partner is, except for this time it's Shinsuke, and that just adds some more butter to it.
1: Right? You know he's going to come through. Yeah. This was Cesaro.
0: This was probably as good. As any New Day Usos pay-per-view match, this was a lot of fun. You know, tables, and and all these men excel at entertaining us when it comes to stipulation matches. Even though they're not technically stipulation match people,
1: yeah, they're not known as like maybe hardcore people. But I think for sure, um, especially New Day and Cesaro, I could say that yeah, they do excel in random stipulation matches. They can really be they're creative. How's yeah. that? They're creative.
0: Yes. And Cesaro's really great with in-ring thinking on the fly. And the changes he makes are usually go over well backstage. So that's a that's a plus.
1: Cesaro reminds me of um Chris Canyon back in the day where he just comes up with so much offense. Uh it just just it seems like on the fly and he can do he can do different stuff. Sometimes it's just slightly different, but he can do different stuff almost every huh. time. And you're just like, where did he come up with that? And, and how come I haven't seen that 75 times before? Because it seems like everybody would have done that, and I don't remember ever seeing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's the guy, you know, if somebody goofs and, and a spot's completely fucked up, he's the one that everybody looks to to kind of get the match back on line. And I think he needs more recognition in this company, uh, but that's never going to happen. And it's really sad.
1: Yeah, he's he's where he's going to get in this company.
0: And the problem is is he's probably really cool with the money, so he ain't going to go nowhere.
1: Yeah, which which isn't a bad thing for him, but it sucks for us as the fans.
0: It does. I I would love to see him anywhere else being used properly. Uh, But this match was great. Cesaro and Nakamura walked away. The new champions... And uh Biggie and Kofi looked pretty irritated about it at the end um also Biggie had had an interview this week. I didn't quite read it, but he had said had been talking about the new day splitting and you know with with Xavier being out for so long, if they were gonna split it, it should sour between the two members who are there trying to do this all on their own. You know what I mean when they're a unit it that oh, would yeah. make sense. I could see that. But at the same point, I don't want them to break up. They said they weren't going to break up, and I want them to do what they want in WWE. Or I want them all to get out of WWE and go somewhere else and do better.
1: <laughs> I would love them to be to be lifers. I know they didn't start as lifers, but they started back in, in 2014, Pasty. And in today's wrestling world, especially in today's WWE... It's a long time. That's six years ago. So for six years, these guys have been together... Without even that many hints of breaks-ups. I mean, right. they're kind of here and there, but nothing that ever gained any momentum.
0: At the point of six, you should really go for ten, right? That That's like a storied thing, and then it breaks up. That means something.
1: Right, or you go until one of them retires, which would probably be Kofi Kingston, and then the other two end up breaking up, and you find out he was the glue that held them together. Then they have a match where he's the referee, and, you know, <laughs> kind of do that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah.
0: No, this was a this was a solid match. Um, one of my two favorite matches of the night. I'm gonna say that right off the bat here.
1: It does look like just going down this list, they gave every match a decent amount of time. I will say, I I would kind of like after looking at all of the the times of the matches, this match had the least of any match on the main card, and you I would kind of hope the tables match had a little more. But even at 10:25, with that being the least amount. I mean, we've seen two-minute or less matches on pay-per-view, right. so yeah. they gave everybody time to and work. It and was,
0: it was a very solid, fast-paced way to start the show. It worked very well. Um, and I guess I didn't even really notice a di- di- difference in length between this and other matches when watching it. It was good. Uh, I, I loved it. It should have been longer. I, I, that would have been good, too. It could have been the 20-minute match because that one wasn't worth it. But we'll get to that. Soon, as we have the first chapter in that story coming up next with the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line, seeing Bailey defeat Nikki Cross, Bailey had Banks at the ringside, Nikki Cross had Alexa Bliss at ringside, Alexa Bliss really didn't do all that much, but you bet Banks did. Uh, with a distraction to the ref, she slipped Bailey the knucks at the end, and she was able to knock. Well, it punched Nikki Cross in the gut. I'm pretty sure is what it was, and that was enough for Bailey to hit the Bailey to belly and get the pin.
1: Um, they're the heels, so I guess if if one if one second is going to do more than the other, it should be the heels. Uh-huh. So that's good storytelling.
0: So have one of these matches on a pay per view, not both of them, please. <laughs> it's
1: that's where i sit
0: um it was it was a good match uh nikki cross has this weird thing like she rushes into attack and and she moves really fast in the ring which looks good but when everybody else is moving at a wwe pace it makes her look really green and i don't think she that's that's a good look on her i know she's better than that um i guess they're probably pinning her as the new girl underdog in this story though so I don't know. I, I I don't like what they're doing with Nikki Cross. I don't like that she's still a face. I don't like that she's still with Alexa Bliss. <coughs> right. It's uh, it's it is what it is. Um, this this match was pretty okay though, as far as I have to say. Um, yeah. Then we had the eye for an eye match. Seth Rollins defeating Rey Mysterio by removing his eyeball. Fat Mac.
1: And Pasty, how did he go? watched
0: AEW do this, and they're like, no, we got to take it up a notch. <laughs> <sighs> how
1: how did he end up removing his eyeball, Pasty? Well, it's
0: a journey to get there, Fat Mac, because in this match, it's, 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 it's basically an Extreme Rules match. Anything goes, there's no pinfall, submission, count out. The only way to win is by removing your opponent's eye, and believe me, you... <laughs> They said that about 40,000 times in this match. Um, I
1: don't know why, but for some reason, that works in some promotions for me. But in WWE, it just seems... seems
0: And it sucks because Samoa Joe's on commentary, and I know he's good at commentary, but Vince has got him saying it over and over again. And I'm like, dude, Vince, he's a wrestler. He knows what wrestling is. He doesn't need to explain it enough times that you assume he's explaining it to himself. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no. um, This match, it it was okay for the most part. The finish was stupid, especially since throughout the match we saw kendo sticks broken and used to attempt to gouge eyes out. We saw ice pick out and attempted to stab into the eye. We saw quite a few sick ways to pull an eyeball out of a head. But this match ended... When Seth Rollins shoved Rey Mysterio's eye onto the corner of the steel steps, much like you've seen done, what, at least once every other week in professional you know, wrestling.
1: What even would have at least been better is if he did the curb stomp on it. Yeah,
0: that didn't happen.
1: <laughs> at least bring some of his character into it. And and I'm going to ask you, because I don't know this, how did we know that he lost? Like, did we see a fake eyeball? Did we just... Did I, the- there
0: was, like, a little bit of white something between cracks in and, and Rey Mysterio's fingers. Like, his eye was... His, he covered his eye the whole time, which was dumb.
1: Right. Well, yeah, but we knew he would.
0: And you saw, like... It, maybe it was, like, a white balloon that was, like, partially inflated <laughs> inside of okay. his hand. And they're like, It's out! It's out! Ring the bell! It's over!
1: It's over. Okay, so they did at least attempt to, sh- to show that something happened. Uh,
0: barely. Barely. You really had to look, and I rewound it to be like, well, what? Because I had heard they were using CGI and going to go all out with it leading they
1: up to it. Have. I mean, I probably would have mocked them for that, but at the yeah. same time, in this. Uh, well, they went
0: super oh, overboard like with the entrance CGI, this, <laughs> this pay per view. I'll tell you that much. Oh, did they? Yeah.
1: That's been kind of getting out of hand for me, but I get it because. It's super way cheaper than pyro.
0: It is, but and it and it adds first for big shows like the big four, big five. That's that's cool, but it I don't know. It's stupid. I think it takes away from the entrance itself because you got something covering it.
1: I think it. I agree with you that it does, and it and it's an obvious glaring. But I also think possibly if they keep it up, five years from now, it's just going to seem normal to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Hmm. Whether that's a good or bad thing, I'm not, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Also, to end this match, after Mysterio's eyes out and he's just covering his eye and it was really dumb, Seth Rollins is like, oh shit, and then turns around and fake vomits all over the floor.
1: Uh, So you're not even,
0: he he didn't even do like a good heel finish where like he's proud that he took Rey Mysterio's eye out.
1: He should have put it in his mouth. He and, like
0: had I think he they, I think he threw some oatmeal in his mouth and got it wet and then just kind of spit it on the floor. Yeah. That's what it looked like. It was dumb.
1: Not cool.
0: Yeah. Not cool.
1: No. I kind of hope that they have him on. Uh... Well, I guess I I guess I don't know. I didn't see Raw or SmackDown or whatever. I'm not even sure what he's on. But they should have Rey Mysterio come out with a mask that like covers his one eye.
0: He had a cover over his eye because Seth went after his eye the other week. That's how this match got started i guess took out one of his eyes on the on the thing on the on the corner of the stairs same way but this time he oh. managed to pull his eye out with it
1: he just poked his oh. eye the last time with it it well, was uh it was this just seems lamer the more i try to make
0: it, <laughs> it wasn't i was hoping for better and there was so many good ways you could have taken out an eye was it
1: this was there blood no yeah, that really takes away from it, doesn't
0: yeah, it? Yeah. Very much. You
1: can't take an eye out and not have blood. <laughs> I mean you can in real life, but in a wrestling match, like blood is a, is right. like three steps below taking an eye out. Right. You know what I mean? I mean taking an ear off is above that. And I would like, love I would love
0: for anybody to, to explain to me how shoving somebody's eye onto a, a triangle shaped corner. Steel stare is going to remove the eyeball from
1: the head. I'm trying to think of it. Who is the one that that lost an eyeball in real life? Big Van Vader. Big okay. Van Vader versus um um oh shit! Why can't I think of the blind guy? Uh, Which Stan Hansen? There you go. In Japan, I believe it was Big Van Vader versus Stan Hansen, and Stan clocked him with a hard ass right hook. And Stan Hansen was legally blind. He had both eyes, but he's just, his vision was horrible. And he just went in there and just, he fought you, and you just tried to keep away from him and sell.
0: It was back before they had contact lenses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he clocked the shit out of Big Van Vader, and Big Van Vader's eye popped straight out of his head. And and he literally went into the corner, and the ref had to hold Stan Hansen back while he kind of, flopped it back in. <laughs> just like a disjointed yeah. arm. Yeah, yeah. He just it back in. It's just like, that's fucking old school. Happens wrestling. all the time. <laughs> That's old school wrestling. You know? And then he finished the match. You know,
0: Rey Mysterio didn't. He cried and walked away.
1: <laughs> I know it takes a lot away when you know that in real life wrestlers have lost eyes in matches. Oh, the and- thing
0: was, it was dumb because he had the th- he had like a cap over his mask because he was like, I'm not going to be like John Moxley and play with a fucking <laughs> eye patch the whole time, right? <laughs> so he had this cap on and it was like Velcro to his mask. And eventually Seth ripped it off because that was the eye he was going to take out because it was the eye he already injured. And Mysterio's got a white contact in.
1: Like... Oh, of <laughs> that actually makes sense. They, they should do that, I guess. Um, they did that when... Um, was it uh, when Jake the Snake got sprayed by Rick Martel's spray? I think it was. They had Jake the Snake come out with uh, white contacts in, and he could he quote-unquote couldn't see. <laughs> uh, I believe that's what it is. I could be making it up. It, it was something like that. It was with Rick Martel's... Spray, and I think it was Jake the Snake. But I mean, it, I, I don't dog them for doing the contact things. I mean, that's what you do in TV, and that's what you do in movies. And WWE makes TV and movies; it doesn't make wrestling shows, right?
0: It's really sad.
1: Sad. If true. they make
0: TV movies, not wrestling shows, why do we talk about them at all? Um, <laughs>
1: because the majority of our listeners watch it. <laughs>
0: That's really fun to make fun of, too. It is. Uh, so then we have the Raw Women's Championship seeing Asuka defending her title against Sasha Banks, which ended as a no contest, but not really. The match went on for a while, Bailey getting a little bit involved. I think actually, did Bailey get. No, Bailey didn't get kicked out she was always at ringside and eventually oscar went for the green mist on i think she was going for it on bailey cuz she was interfering and bailey ducked out of the way and she got the ref instead but the capsule didn't break and she kind of really just spit the green mist on the ground and the ref quick flipped over and hit his face to hide the <laughs> fact that it wasn't green um and then bailey came and ripped the shirt off of the referee counted the pin after the bank statement and then made the people at ringside ring the bell. So they took the championship and walked out the entire time. Bailey's trying to do this big celebration for banks for winning, but banks ripped her fucking purple ass wig halfway back on her head. So she's covering it with her one hand the entire time. I'm like, Ray Mysterio just did that shit,
1: bitch. Right. right. We didn't see that in the last match. <laughs> show your scalp <laughs> it was
0: hilarious that's hilarious it was like that. i want to get out of here and bailey's like trying to click their belts together and do all kinds of shit and banks is like i cannot take my hand off my head <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. like that. that was that was my favorite part of the match <laughs> Oh uh, Yeah, like I said, if it was on a different pay-per-view or a different night or something, it would have been cool, but for it to have already started playing out in the first match, this was very predictable what was going to happen, and I guess Asuka and Banks are going to fight in a match where Bailey's not allowed in the arena to see who really is the champion on Monday. So, Yeah. <sighs> yeah.
1: Sounds like fun.
0: No, fun is up next, Fat Mac, and my favorite match of the night.
1: And you know what? Not too long ago, I think we had what we thought was the longest name for a match. and <laughs> I guess this, this isn't necessarily the longest name for a match, but to have the whole explanation, I mean, just lay it out there, Pasty.
0: So... Ziggler's been getting on Drew McIntyre's nerves, I guess. I haven't been watching the weekly show, so forgive me if I'm wrong and you've been seeing it. I don't know why you're watching it. I feel sorry for you. (laughs) But, uh, so McIntyre gives him a match and lets him pick the stipulation for Extreme Rules. And the previous week he asked Ziggler what the stipulation was. Ziggler didn't have an answer. He comes out does his entrance at the pay-per-view, gets in the ring, and he's like, ah, you should have never let me pick the stipulation because I have picked it. And at the horror show at Extreme Rules... You should
1: never have let me pick it because I have picked it.
0: (laughs) He pointed to his head and said, mine's bigger than yours, son, and that was really funny.
1: Mm, That was
0: good. Um, I love Ziggler in this kind of... This, this kind of angle, it's, it's tasty um, But he, he, he chose that the, the match was extreme rules For him And McIntyre still had to wrestle a normal singles match With countouts and disqualifications going to Ziggler If he walked out of the match, the title would be Ziggler's If he got disqualified, the title would be Ziggler's Ziggler could do what he wants McIntyre has to play it clean And a me- Yes It's going to be fun
1: it's a new spin on an on an old stipulation. Oh, it's so, so good.
0: It's so good. And I love seeing Dolph Ziggler just... That's that's the shit he needs to always be doing. You know, being the sneaky bastard. Uh, this match was really good. Uh, McIntyre, you know, struggled to fight a clean match. You know, Ziggler had tempted him to hit him with chairs a few times. Ziggler kicked the ever-loving shit out of McIntyre for a good eight minutes in this match. McIntyre came back at the end and of course won it. It was a lot of fun. I don't really remember the finish and I feel bad.
1: It was a Claymore kick.
0: It was. Yeah. Well, you know, it was a Claymore
1: kick. <laughs> I think
0: it was actually more than one. I think it was like three.
1: <clears throat> I do. I will say this for WWE right now, even though they're not in their best creatively. Um. This match, Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE Championship. A year ago, three years ago, five years ago, you would not think was finna happen. No. So it's kind of cool that these two people, in this in this era where everything's getting flipped upside down, and they're just throwing shit at the wall, obviously this this isn't the main event. We all know that the main, main event's the one that goes on last, but this is the final title match.
0: No, this was the last match, because the last match didn't have a referee or anything. It was just stupid.
1: Yeah, so it's it's kind of cool that these two guys, who I think many people would have said for years deserved to have a main title match on a pay-per-view, are, are getting that chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, very much.
1: Did a good job, according to you.
0: Did a really good job. I think both these guys played to their cap. You could easily see Reigns in the same exact boat that Drew McIntyre is in and it would work the same. Um, I, I don't see a huge difference between the two although there's more appeal in Drew McIntyre to me because he's not tarnished like Roman Reigns is. Because I can get behind Roman Reigns but if nobody else is getting behind Roman Reigns it's not that much fun.
1: And I don't know how Drew's being... I haven't really seen Drew at all since he's been back in WWE but I know that Drew McIntyre can wrestle a match. He can put on a very oh, yeah. entertaining, he can tell a story. You know, I'm not saying that he's a chain-wrestling, high-flying guy. I'm saying that he can go in the ring, he can do multiple moves, he can sell when you need to sell, he can push when you need to push, he can read the crowd and tell an amazing story in between those ropes. And that's just something that I still think to this day Roman Reigns hasn't mastered. Good at, and people give him... Not quite enough credit for it, myself included, but there's definitely people like Drew McIntyre who are way better and more deserving at it than him. This this was
0: also my favorite use of uh, performance center talent in the crowd to date with those plexiglass shields, because at one point in the match, Ziggler's getting frustrated because he's trying everything to beat McIntyre, and McIntyre keeps kicking out, and he starts throwing chairs and shit at the plexiglass, like at their faces. And oh, that, to cool. me, is fucking awesome, and they should keep them even after the pandemic so wrestlers can do that to the fans just because it's
1: it's tasty.
0: That's it's like a- SeaWorld, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, like, like Mushu splashing people. Yeah.
0: Wrestlers are treated about as well, right?
1: Pretty much. They're just orcas <laughs> in a small little pond.
0: Uh, no, this was was a really good match. This was way better than I thought it was going to be. The stipulation was amazing. Watch this match. If you don't watch anything else on the pay-per-view, watch this match. But you should watch the first match just because it's there when you start the show. Um, that's my synopsis. And now we've got to get into the Wyatt Swamp fight. It was exactly what you would expect. It was a nighttime Swamp fight. Braun Strowman shows up. Bray Wyatt's sitting there in the rocking chair with his lantern. Laughs, uh, blows out the lantern, disappears. Strowman did you smashes say his
1: asshole top. blows out the lantern?
0: Yes. No, I said he what? laughs and blows out the lantern. <laughs> I <said his>
1: asshole <laughs> blows out the lantern. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I guess of all the Bray Wyatt characters, this iteration is the asshole, right? Uh,
1: the which d- one is this eater of pins. Ability? It's the
0: eater of pins.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. Sorry, you really got me there. But, uh, you know, wow.
0: Strowman destroyed the chair like so many have done before. I'm pretty sure Randy Orton did the same thing. Oh yeah. Um. And then they fought in a swamp, and occasionally, like some random redneck in a hood would run out and attack Braun Strowman, and he would defeat them. And Bray would run away and laugh from the woods and Stroma would try to find him. And they get to the deep swamp and then they were wrestling around and go in the water and drown each other. And nobody comes back up and then the fiend pops up and then it's over. It was really not good. There was no point because there's no winner. There was no title on the line. It was a cinematic thing, and I guess as a cinematic thing, maybe it worked, but it was like, Braun Strowman isn't good at anything, <laughs> yeah. so so acting definitely isn't one of
1: those things. Well, no stakes, it's kind of hard no. to really be invested.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one cool part where Braun Strowman got knocked out by, by old Braun Strowman with a shovel, with a black sheep mask. That was kind of cool, and then he woke up chained up in Wyatt's thing, and he's like, oh, you like what I've done with the place?" And I think Strowman breaks out of the chains. It was just... Uh. The I'm thing gonna is, ask- is, if you're going to do, like, a monster movie, only one guy can be the monster.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I'm going uh, to... Kind of like uh, AJ... Freddy vs. Jason
0: Und- wasn't the first one, and it definitely wasn't the best.
1: Yeah, you got, you got AJ versus Undertaker, and... You know, AJ's is a, a mortal and Undertaker is the demon.
0: Yeah,
1: Right? You had, yeah, um, yeah. so um, I'm going to ask the question, though, I think that's on all of our listeners' minds <laughs> who haven't seen this, and I, I'm dying to know. This is a cinematic, a, a cinematic match. We're in the swamp. Did we get a guest appearance from the dilapidated boat? No,
0: there wasn't a dilapidated boat, but there was a big snake.
1: Well, you know what? We'll just keep Braun Strowman's uh, wardrobe malfunction There out wasn't of this an alligator,
0: now. though, and that really disappointed me.
1: I wanted to see a dilapidated boot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, some kind of callback. I mean, I guess <laughs> the swamp was the lake of reincarnation because they drowned each other and then the fiend came up.
1: Right. But, and I can't believe that Matt Hardy, I mean, I know that he's very business savvy, but I don't think that he has a trademark on dilapidated boat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It would yeah. be does, good for him, <laughs> but I don't think he does.
0: No, it could have been better, but I feel like uh, this is probably written by Vince, and it just, it didn't, it didn't check the boxes for me, and I felt like it wasted my time, and I love Bray Wyatt written by Bruce like i Mitchell. I don't <laughs> think Bray Wyatt's done a bad thing in his career other than lose a lot
1: right he he gives he gives everything his all,
0: yeah, it's
1: not his problem anything hasn't gotten over at least I don't feel that
0: yeah then like you know he's he brought back he brought back the shittiest gimmick he had because you know at this point at this point Husky Harris won more matches. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to bring back... I get to tell the story of trying to bring Braun back to the family side, but of course it's not going
1: to happen. Right. We already I mean, know that. That, that isn't going to help Braun at all.
0: But from everything I saw, the internet was so excited to see cult leader Bray come back, and I was just like, why? 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 Because he could lose... You know, I... Maybe it's nice just so he can have, like, a form that always wins and a form that always loses, and then that middle guy who... Who plays the? Oh, you don't know who you're gonna get. Who you gonna get? Are you gonna get hurt or heal? Uh,
1: uh, I don't like that though. No,
0: it's it's. Unpredictable. it's yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, Finn Balor with the paint. You know, it was cool, but it is predictable. He's gonna win anytime he's wearing it.
1: Right. <laughs> So pasty, uh, summing this up, what would you say the best match was? I'm pretty sure I know what you're gonna say.
0: Uh, Ziggler McIntyre by far. I got you.
1: I got you. And uh, what would you give a final grade for this then?
0: Like a D. <clears throat> really a D? Two good matches. Okay.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Maybe that's, maybe
0: that's a D plus. Let's go a D D+, because yeah, Seth Rollins Rey Mysterio wasn't terrible until the very end.
1: At least it was a creative idea, even if it didn't pan out. No,
0: they stole the idea from AEW. Yeah,
1: but AEW was creative with it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't let's, say it wasn't original. Let's wait three months idea. and then do the same thing they just did,
0: but literally.
1: Yeah. Oh man.
0: Um, it's you know. And on the main roster and not NXT. That's another thing that gets me. It's like the main roster is supposed to be completely ignoring AEW.
1: <sighs> I, I will say, and I've, I've, I've continued to say this, and I stand by this. I'm not saying I like what WWE is doing. I do like they are thinking out of the box and they are trying to be creative. But I feel like they're just, just missing the mark. Yeah. They're just not quite getting they're not quite getting it well that's the thing too because 2k games
0: um they're not making a a, a run of the line 2k game this year they're making a 2k champion bash or something like that where it's a uh, more cartoony style and everybody's got big heads and over exaggerated cartoony features and i think that's just the way vince is going with wwe in the pandemic you know, it's going to go back to the, the 80s. you could never think it was real.
1: He's Yeah, he's, he's bringing it back to the 80s, what worked in the 80s. Like you said, they make TV
0: shows and movies, and that's what this is totally panning out to be.
1: Yeah, and... Uh, and as
0: a wrestling fan, it's not what I want. Occasionally, it's cool. They've done some good ones, and I will never take that away from them. Right. But it didn't work for me in either circumstance this week. And I guess, I guess, I, I don't know. You could hardly call Rey Mysterio Seth Rollins cinematic because it was all ring work. It was,
1: no, it was a gimmick match. It was a gimmick match that missed the mark. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. WWE also, this is up.
0: extreme rules, and there really wasn't very many stipulation matches.
1: Yeah, but you think about it. WWE did an eye for an eye match. Back in the day, Impact Wrestling did a regular uh, title match where Sammy Callahan fucking uh, busted Eddie Edwards' eye with a baseball bat. Legit,
0: for real. Right. Yeah, if you're going to take out somebody's eye, you don't announce it weeks in advance and build up to a match for it. It It's got to happen, right?
1: Right. That was another
0: thing. I put a sour taste in my mouth because I'm like, oh, somebody's going to lose an eye. It loses all effect at that point.
1: Yeah, if it would have been just an extreme I'm coming match, for your
0: eye. That's all you need to say.
1: Yeah, if it was an extreme rules match and then it ended when somebody lost an eye and so yeah. the referee like called it right there. He's like, "No." Cuz you know what? I don't like when they call off extreme rules matches, but if somebody loses an eye, I'm okay with you uh-huh. calling that off. So, that would have maybe Next worked. Next
0: pay-per-view, a- you're going to get an intergender match and it ends when somebody rapes the other person. <laughs>
1: W.W.E. S.V.U. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's terrible. It's probably a not good joke, but I don't think there's any victims to the joke, so I think I might be okay.
1: I think it's very tasteless pasty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tasteless pasty. That's my new name.
1: Um, but then, um, so let's go with the palate cleanser then. We've we seen the horror show that was the horror show at Extreme Rules. Yes. Let's move into greener pastures. Impact Ooh. Slam 2020. Pasty, I also didn't get to see this one. I was excited to watch this one. I am ashamed of myself that I didn't get to see this one. Uh, I did. Give us some insight. Pasty. Well, okay, I started
0: it out, and I wasn't sure how much attention I was going to pay until about the middle of the third match when I was like, yes, I'm in. Okay. Uh, so the first match... I, I don't got the first two matches I don't got a lot to say about. The second match I was never going to have a lot to say about in the first place. Let's make that point very clear. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, the guy's got his own award for being washed up. I mean, it's it's pretty Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh yeah, first up we had a tag team match where the Motor City Machine Guns defeated the Rascals in a tag team open challenge. Everybody thought it was going to be the Good Brothers, but of course the Good Brothers announced it the night before at midnight on their podcast that you can only listen to via Patreon. See, we're nice podcasters. You can listen to us for free, and we just pick up the scraps, which ain't shit. But uh, we, we don't take that shit to Patreon. So, so thank us by going to Facebook.com forward slash Beast's Podcast and, and just being active. Just say thank you. Just anything. Don't say thank you. I'm not digging for that. Just, just tell me to fuck myself. I don't care. Just say something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, this this uh looks like it would have been a really great match.
1: <laughs> Pleasant surprise, am I right? I don't think Yeah. Anybody, I certainly didn't Motor see it. Motor City yeah, Machine coming. Guns.
0: Hella good surprise. Yeah, it Dude, it's so weird because Impact feels so new, but all these faces are so familiar to the company.
1: It's good, so, so many of them are, and it's a nice blend of <clears throat> it's a nice blend of old and new, which to me is kind of when when impact was at its height, this was kind of what we've seen. We had the stings and the Kurt Angles and the Christian cages, but then we also had the Eric Youngs and we had the motor city machine guns. And we had the Austin Aries and we had all these young up and coming guys, your Bobby Roods that it, it worked really well. And and I think every pro wrestling company has kinda of worked that Can way. Bobby Rood, please go back. <laughs> right. You look <laughs> at WWE and they have a good mixture of old and new. You look at AEW, obviously. They got their Jericho and their Moxley and their um I know they got more than that, but, uh, yeah, they got Jericho and Moxley, but then they got two young and up and comers like their MJFs and their jungle boys. And,
0: well, I guess you could call Luke Harper more of a veteran. He's, he
1: was in WWE for yeah, a minute. Yeah, Luke Harper's a veteran. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, so I think, I think it works best that way. And this is kind of, this is the guys that were the, the kind of, firecracker upstart underdogs when uh-huh. impact was making a name for itself now some of them are back to strengthen that Dude, motor drama. city
0: machine guns were so young when they were fresh in impact and now they came back and oh. they're they're looking a little older
1: <laughs> motor city and uh beer money were were two of the best that was one of the yes. best series ever
0: that wasn't even really that long ago that was within beef sticks podcast lifespan
1: yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but for sure, against the, the Rascals, who are, again, young up-and-comers that are definitely making names for themselves. Of course, you got uh, Trey as the third member. This 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 iteration in the tag match had Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier, but also Trey is in that mix, and he's going to be in the five-way for the Impact World Championship. Yes. No spoilers yet, <clears throat> But he is the standout, but all three of these are are really – good guys who have a future in this business um, very I would much say, oh my god trey may be the only one that has a main event future in this business but that doesn't mean everything or anything
0: right dude uh trey i i i worry i worry that he's gonna get picked up by wwe and ricocheted because that's what he, he reminds me exactly of ricochet <laughs> except maybe younger and a little faster right um <laughs> but that's that's my biggest worry. Uh, the Rascals are very impressive, though. Uh, glad to see Motor City Machine Guns back. Um, I like it. I like I like everything that Slamiversary managed to pull out in the surprise department. It was all good. Up next, we had old school rules, CNA World match. Heavy sh- Heavyweight Championship match, seeing Moose defeating Tommy Dreamer who I picked sarcastically, but then we didn't do the show, and I just kind of screenshotted and clipped the predictions from last week and put them up on our Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash podcast. Uh And and uh, and I just I had to stick with what I said.
1: <laughs> and let's be honest, this is almost a fake title. Like, Moose just brought it yeah. back. I'm not sure... Not even sure how he got it. I don't know if there's a storyline how he got it or not, but he didn't win it from me. He anybody, just started
0: he calling himself it, it. And now he's yeah, calling he, himself a wrestling god, too.
1: He brought it back. It's the it's literally the old TNA World Heavyweight Championship before they were impact. Mm. And uh I'm 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 split on it. Like I was telling Pasty before we recorded. I part of me is like, you know, I kind of dig having the TNA. TNA champion. I would change it to TNA championship, but having that is like your secondary title, like your yeah your US or your IC title, because obviously the X division title is more like your cruiserweight or light heavyweight. Tell that to Willie Mac. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. I know, right? <laughs> but um, but I really think Impact just really needs to keep themselves distanced from the old TNA moniker and, and name. So, I'd almost rather they didn't,
0: but... It works for Moose's character, though. He's a very arrogant bastard.
1: Oh, it does. And it works for Tommy Dreamer, who obviously is an old school wrestler. He
0: he just thinks he's back in the
1: day. He thinks Uh, he's going for the ECW championship. He thinks he's going after Uh. Mustafa Ali. (laughs)
0: No, this uh, I didn't really watch this match. I did hear Moose call himself a wrestling god more times than I wanted to. Um, and I did see the finish where Tommy Dreamer poured out the thumbtacks and looked real regretful while doing so because he knew he had to go into them. And boy, <laughs> did he go into them hard.
1: You know, Pacey, this is a match between two guys that I've just, no matter how much people push them, I've never gotten into.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I don't get the Moose hype. I don't uh I I never really got the Tommy Dreamer hype. I mean, I've been on the Tommy Dreamer boat in recent years, but I quickly learned that that's not the way you go.
1: <laughs> he was always a mediocre guy and and his, I, I liked his feud with Raven, but right. I liked I liked Raven's end of it better than Tommy's. He's and, like uh, the
0: Spike Dudley of ECW.
1: Except Spike Dudley was an ECW
0: yeah, but you know what I mean. Spike <laughs> Dudley knew to get out when he got out. I think he's out.
1: I could be wrong. I mean, he was out when they closed. <laughs> uh,
0: then we had the match that, that finally caught my attention. The gauntlet for the number one contender for the Knockouts Championship. Seeing a w uh, what do you call it when somebody leaves?
1: Uh, Defecty?
0: Yeah, there you go, Defecty. Kylie Ray defeating the likes of Alicia Edwards, Havoc, Kira Hogan, Katie Forbes, Kimberly, Nevea, Madison Rain, Rosemary, Susie, Tasha Steels, and by last eliminating the true champion, Taya Valkyrie. The order of this match made sense. A lot of the women I was here to see got eliminated too quickly in my opinion. Um and I don't really get pushing Kylie Ray. But uh I mean, sure.
1: I I agree. I don't think I mean Kylie Ray just came here. She just came here off of AEW. She just came here off of a kind of a an odd departure from AEW. Some kind of
0: a mental <clears throat> break of sorts.
1: And, um, you know, you got women like Havoc, you got Kira Hogan, you got Kimberly, you have Madison rain, you have Rosemary, Tasha steals. And of course, Taya Valkyrie who I really didn't want to see them put the title back on right away. So I'm okay with that, but you have all of these women that can really be your flagship women. Um, including the two women who are in the knockouts championship also, but, um, Kylie Ray's is not, not a bad choice and she gets name recognition and she obviously plays off the AEW name, but I just think, you know, Pasty, you picked Rosemary. I picked Havoc. Either one of those two women, I would have been more than happy with winning over Kylie Ray.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of women who've been there putting in the work that deserve it a lot more than fresh face, smiley Kylie. Uh, But I guess it works. I don't see her winning her
1: her championship
0: challenge.
1: I would hope me. not, especially considering who the champion is, who we'll get to later on.
0: Right. And I will just sit back and wait for the day when Kylie loses her smile. And then I'll be on board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we had... A very entertaining, fast-paced X-Division Championship match. Seeing Chris Bay dethrone reigning champion Willie Mack. Uh, I don't even know how Willie Mack wound up with the X-Division Championship, but that man does move.
1: I was worried about this one because I picked Chris Bay because I felt like it's it's time to move on, but I also was like, Willie really, Mack is such a huge superstar and Chris Bay is just an up and comer. I this was the one I was most nervous about picking, but I yeah. did pick Chris Bay, and He did end up uh he did end up going over. And I, I think the I think the right guy went over. I didn't watch the match though, so I don't know I don't know how it went, pasty.
0: Well he has his manager and his manager ended up getting kicked out pretty close to the beginning of the match. Uh, Which made it seem like Bay was going to lose. No, I'm not too familiar with Chris Bay. Um, I I can't recall another match I've seen with him in it. But with that being said, he definitely impressed me. He definitely deserved to beat Willie Mack for the championship. And Willie Mack is amazing. God, has has there been Willie Mack versus
1: Keith Lee? Um, there has in um, in Independence, yes.
0: Yeah, I want to see that on, like, a grander scale. Dude, right. that would be a great WrestleMania match somewhere down the line.
1: Oh, gosh. If, oh. if only. If only. That would be awesome.
0: But, no, Chris Bay impressed me. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do as the X Division champion. Um He's definitely more on the heel end, and I I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's good. I think it's, um, I, this, this is going to be weird to say maybe, but it seems like, uh, Impact is way more willing to put people of color over than some of the other major shows.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think so. Promotions. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even know, when WWE yeah. does it, you mm-hmm. can sense, like, some sort of a hesitation to it.
1: Right. Or just and, to do um, it
0: to, to, you know, it's Black History Month.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or you look at the Rascals, where it's not all three of them are black. You know, there's a white guy in there, and it's like, WWE. yeah. So it's, it's uh, I think it's cool. I think it's great. It, um, Willie Mack is definitely a deserved champion. He doesn't fit the... Mold of what some people think of a, an X division champion, as Pacey kind of alluded to earlier. When you think of back in the day when Samoa Joe was one of the best X division champions, you're like, yeah. E- Eric Bischoff makes fun of this on his podcast all the time because he's always said, "I don't know what X division is," and and it's true. There isn't like a the only definition. They of said act- it during the
0: match. There's there's no weight restrictions. It's just proving that you're the best. Champion yeah, champion in no, Impact Wrestling, but I'm like, then why isn't it the top championship?
1: Yeah, the thing is, there's no weight limits, it's no limits. So it's kind of the workhorse title, almost mm. what the Intercontinental title was back in WWE, but it's kind of the people that are just going to put on a really great show. I think and it, does, yeah, it so,
0: does a great job of showcasing what the future of the company could look like.
1: And that's, that's not a bad thing. I do kind of wish maybe there was more of an explanation of what it is, but... I'm willing to turn a blind eye to that to see these matches. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, when they had people like Abyss win it, then I'm kind of like, I don't think he fits the mold as X Division. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Well, at that
0: point, X stands for extreme.
1: I guess so. (laughs) But uh, good for Chris Bay. This is the uh, first big step for him, and I think he's... Of course, we know Willie Mack's going places. I think Chris Bay is going places also.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how long Willie Max has been wearing the yellow contacts, but they look so fucking sick. I love it. <laughs> uh, then we have the Tag Team Championships with the North defeating Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan, or as I call him, Shammy Callahan, the most dangerous tag team in the world.
1: Shammy Callahan, I like it. Yes. That could be a wrestler. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> it's a cross between Seamus and McCauley Culkin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> this this uh this
0: was a fun match. Um, you know, Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan have had their run ins in recent months. They're they're they 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 do not see eye to eye. No. But when the North attacked Ken Shamrock, the person who came to his aid was none other than Sammy Callahan. He he respects Ken Shamrock as being the most dangerous man in professional wrestling. And Shamrock respects Sammy for being the man to not tap out to the ankle lock, but instead pass out. So they have some kind of respect, but they still don't like each other. And of course, that played everything into this match. Uh, it started out with Ken Shamrock and Sam McHale uh, tearing, I think it was Josh Alexander away from, from the opposing corner and they just worked him over for quite a while. It was all right. Um, Sammy was out first. Ken Shamrock got him to the corner. Sammy said, you tag me in. And then he didn't. So Sammy tagged himself in. They slapped each other a little bit, but it got over it. And then the next tag they, they tagged freely. It was good. Um eventually the north got Sammy Callahan over to the corner and started just ripping the shit out of him for a good chunk of the match. Uh Sammy did some really good moves that affected both men though. They were very smart uh like Irish whipped him into his teammate and his teammate grabbed him in a, like a DDT pose and then he kicked the standing teammate in the chest to knock him over so he made him do do a uh, DDT on his Teammate, that was cool. Oh, nice! I'm sure there's more eloquent ways of describing it, but it was
1: awesome. <laughs> I pictured it at least.
0: Yeah, there was uh, there was some other other cool little spots like that too. Sammy Callahan's so fast thinking, and it's it's almost hard to follow some of the the, the quick sequences of moves he does when he does because he does a lot of uh, resting.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does methodical.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, but that's that's his character. He's he's vile. Yep. Uh, eventually ship broke down and, well, Ken Shamrock thought Sammy Callahan hit him on purpose, but it was because one of them moved out of the way and then that kind of went back and forth and, and, and it kind of, yeah, that determined the finish.
1: The North won as they should have. I like the North as tag team champions. They're, they're old school. They're, uh, they're reminiscent of, uh. Uh, FTR and of uh, uh, uh Arn and Tully and just yep. that kind of old school wrestling. Uh, the Steiner brothers, you know.
0: <clears throat> I still don't like them, but I get it. I get it very much. Um, and then right after the match was over, Motor City Machine Guns came out and said, "Well, we, we are the top dogs. We were the top dogs, and we'll be the top dogs." They didn't say that, but I'm saying that. And so that's going to be the next challengers for the tag team championships. And I so can't I wait for that. Oh yeah, that'll be a lot of fun.
1: That's gonna be just
0: mm-hmm. awesome. I mean Good Brothers would probably be just as good or better, but but I'm willing to wait for that one.
1: Yeah, good Good Brothers would work just as well. It'd just be a it would be a completely different style. Yeah, they, yeah. I think the North can work both styles.
0: Uh yeah, definitely. Definitely. They can't cut a promo for shit though, and they prove that after their match. No,
1: they honestly can't. That's something they uh, they need a good stick man. They really need a good stick man.
0: I think I think the ones gotta wear the wrestling headgear just to hold his jaw on his face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's great. Uh,
0: I don't know their names. Can't you tell?
1: <laughs> um, I will say the. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Sammy Callahan going forward. Of course, uh, we've talked about Dave Crist being let go from Impact Wrestling, and uh, he was one of the OVE Ohio versus Everything stablemates. Um, so, with him being gone, what happens to Jake Crist, his brother? I'm mm. assuming. I'm assuming he's leaving. I mean, they're a tag team; they're brothers. And Madman Fulton, I was going – I could see him. I mean, he was going to go off on his own anyways.
0: Madman Fulton is managing Chris Bay. No, no, he's managing Ace Austin. Sorry.
1: So um, so I don't know what's going to happen with Sally Cam- Cal- Callahan going forward. I just don't uh, – Shammy Callican. Shammy Callican. <laughs> I, I don't want him to, to keep up the Shammy Callican tag team. No. (laughs) But um, he's definitely – and, you know, and and he didn't need OVE. Maybe he can
0: challenge for the Impact Women's Championship.
1: No. Why? (laughs) But he didn't need OVE, but OVE definitely benefited from having him. So I I wouldn't mind seeing him in the uh, World or X Division Championship going forward. Or I guess if the TNA Championship is going to be a thing – going into that i don't know what's going on with i
0: that. know one of our future surprise returns i would definitely love to see have a match or a series with sammy callahan
1: and who is that pacey
0: can i say
1: well okay then wait if we oh, oh we <laughs> haven't <got it> <laughs> yet. Okay.
0: yeah no we haven't got there yet
1: okay i think i know who you're talking about then
0: yeah you definitely get it
1: <laughs> i got you i got you yeah. buddy i got you mm-hmm right, oh, let's move on to the knockouts championship,
0: pastry. Yes! Uh, the knockouts championship made me really sad because Deanna Purazzo defeated Jordan Grace. This was a really good match, though. Uh, really well put together. You could feel energy from them. You could f- get feelings. It was the best kind of storytelling in the ring. A little bit more on the slow-paced side, but uh, Deanna Purazzo was working over Jordan Grace's leg uh, through most of the match and ended up defeating her and taking the gold. I definitely would recommend this uh, to anybody who's a fan of women's wrestling or wrestling in general because these women are just wrestlers. That's all there is to it.
1: I want to watch and this. And you never got
0: to see Deanna and Piraza do anything of note in WWE.
1: Right. <laughs> I really want to watch this, and one thing that I read when I was going over everything to get prepped for this was that Diana Parazzo found like fifteen different ways to put holds on Jordan Jordan Grace's one leg? Yeah, like she just kept coming up with different holds after different holds after different holds so that she continued to work the leg, but it wasn't repetitive. And I'm like, oh, anybody who knows me, I I love that. I love that storytelling, and I love I, I love that kind of stuff. So, um, this. This pay-per-view in general, we're one match away from the main event, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna go back and watch this one fully. It's worth it. I might watch a couple of the matches on the uh, horror show, but I'm gonna watch this one. I'm gonna watch this one fully. <laughs> I, I definitely. I missed out. I'm sorry. I'm not able to. It to does talk make you sad it. watching
0: it because it's a slam anniversary with no audience. But the way they sell things and the way they, they, they do things in the ring and they communicate with each other, but, like, like it's real instead of, like, communicating the next series of moves, it really pays off the entire pay-per-view. This felt good without any crowd, and I think that's a feat.
1: And let's be honest. You know, we talked about Kylie Ray coming straight off of AEW and, and winning the number one contendership. Diana Perrazzo, even though she's coming off of a WWE release, she's a hell of a wrestler, and I, I'm i not. I don't think it's obscene that she won the title off of Jordan Grace. Um, maybe not in the first match. I feel match.
0: like maybe it's a little soon.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe not in the first match for sure, but coming in, making an impact, no pun intended, on slam Slammiversary. I could see her making a mark for herself and they could definitely market her um they could market her as the next, next Tessa Blanchard. She's not don't get me wrong, she's no. not at the level of Tessa Blanchard, but I could see them definitely pushing her to the top and and, and she can I think she can do it. I mm-hmm. think she's good.
0: And for the fact that Kylie won the the number 1 contender's match, I think Deanie Pirazzo is probably the better opponent for her. It's it's less predictable. Of the two uh, possibilities?
1: Probably, even though I I man, Kylie can't beat Prosso. <laughs> no, no, no. That would be very sad if she <laughs> But yeah, I would I would say Jordan Grace would be more of a squash match. So yeah. For sure.
0: Yep. And then we had oh, was it the best match of the night? It's hard to say. It was damn good. This whole night was entertaining and easy to watch. <laughs> but we had a five-way for the Impact World Championship. Seeing your boy, Eddie Edwards, defeat the likes of Ace Austin, Trey, Rich Swan, and Eric Young. This was good. The surprises were nice. Rich Swan coming back from a leg injury was beautiful. Eric Young showing up. I mean, yeah, you knew it was going to happen. Uh, but I love Eric Young. I love Eric Young and Impact especially.
1: And you knew it was going to happen, but it, but when they announced Rich Swan and they announced that it was going to be a four way, yeah, you didn't think Eric Young was going to be in the main event? No, no that was that
0: like was It crazy. was a good slick move. It was a slick move. Um, no, this was really good. Uh, you know, I I just I love knowing that just a year ago, all of these men were in the X division championship runnings, uh, except for Eric Young, of course, but I guess he was in the cruiserweights.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and he's a former X division champion as yeah. well as Eddie Edwards. So mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. They, they, they're they all former X division champion guys. They're former uh, mid card guys. Of course, Eddie Edwards also held the title and Eric Young, Held the title for a cup of coffee when he grew a beard out, and then um, Daniel Bryan won the title with a beard. And so Impact (laughs) needed an underdog with a beard to win the title. (laughs) And that's kind of a sore spot in Impact uh, championship history.
0: He had a fishing show on the Travel Channel, and I brought it up a few times. I'll continue to bring it up. (laughs) It
1: was a fishing show.
0: (laughs) It was like an extreme fishing show, though. It was
1: fun. Uh, yeah, he went, he actually, he took their eye out with the, uh, steel, with the steel steps. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He would do. That's how he taught his
0: He taught Seth Rollins how to do it and then WWE <laughs> let him go.
1: Uh, we don't sad. need
0: you anymore. We found your secrets.
1: <laughs> I'm sad, really.
0: Next week, Seth Rollins shows up with no hair at all.
1: But for sure, this is a main event of, this is a main event of up and comers or, um, Oh, well, <laughs> Eddie Edwards and Eric Young maybe aren't up and comers, but they are. Um,
0: well, one I, of them's I, the new impact world champion.
1: Yeah, I guess this is kind of like the the whole uh, pay-per-view where you have some veterans like Eddie Edwards and Eric Young. Yeah. And you have the up and comers like and Ace whole, Austin. This whole Trey, last year Red has strong. been a
0: redemption story for Eddie Edwards. So that's, it's, it's, it's cool that it paid exactly. off. Way.
1: It, do, it does work. And he's somebody that you can really get behind. Always puts on tremendous matches. You know, his wife's now wrestling. She was in the knockouts championship gauntlet. Um, He's he's not going to WWE or AEW anytime soon. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
0: My standouts in this match were definitely Trey and Rich Swan, And I got to say, Trey and Ace Austin is a rivalry that has to go down and impact wrestling history. They work so well together. It's beautiful, the shit they pull off
1: that sounds very, very good, actually Hmm. I would love to see that,
0: yeah, no nope. since since Ace Austin was making eyes at Trey's mom the last time I watched impact that's <laughs> it it's good and it's it's good that they still have that hatred for each other, <laughs> right, and they know each other so well like it it's just it's it's fun, it's fun. this was a great match, um. Then, after the match, Ace Austin and uh, Madman Fulton were going to beat the shit out of Eddie Edwards. And the music hit, and the Good Brothers came out. And the Good Brothers were asking, Who's the top guy around here? And Ace Austin's like, We're the top guys around here. You want to beat up Eddie Edwards? You can beat up Eddie Edwards. We'll let you and then uh, uh, a machine gun went to shake Ace Austin's hand and then hit him with the stun stun gun, or not the stun gun, the gun stun.
1: The magic killer?
0: No, no, it was the gun stun and then the magic killer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yep, 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 yep. And they sided with Eddie Edwards, and if this is the beginning of a new Aces and Eights, I think I'm okay with it. They all feel rough and tumble, and can do hardcore shit and be rough guys and drink a lot of beer and they did drink beer in the ring, um, uh, but really? yeah, it could be
1: good. That's yes, that's did. cool. I um, I'm down for it too. And of course, Doc Gallows is an OG Aces and Eights member, so you got that going for you. You know, if there's if there's any way you could get Bully Ray to come back for even just a short time,
0: I think you have to. And that remember, be- we had reported it. Sounds like that's where he could be going.
1: Yeah, that would be really awesome if you could get Bully Ray to come back even for a short time, but to have a brand new Aces and Eights Um I know Especially it's Especially now us, since but-
0: since impact is, is, is looking new with old faces again. So to bring back aces and eights just fits so nicely in with everything else that's happening.
1: Oh for sure. And even uh, you know, something as as cool as we talked about uh you know Eddie Edwards being the champion now and and uh with him being in there having um Davey Richards come in as part of it and then maybe even breaking off maybe he's the first one to break off from it or something like that I don't know it would it would be really good I I could see some uh, some stuff happening with the Aces and 8s and uh Impacts future still looks pretty good to be honest. It's Yeah. They're always they're always seem to be hanging on by a thread, but man if That's this That's where
0: they thrive.
1: Exactly, if, if this When if there's this one thread left to say they're uh they're, they're going to hold out, they're going to do good.
0: Mhm. Um it may be a little bit too much of old old stars coming back, but it works. It's not WWE, you
1: know. Well, and it was for this pay-per-view. Obviously, there was a ton of people just recently let go, so that was kind of their their way to make an impact. Again, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. So as long as they don't play it like they did when Hogan first came in and then every week they got new WWE guys coming in, as long as this is kind of uh... a... <laughs> I know there's a... Uh... I think is Zach Slater or uh, Zach Ryder coming in? I think also.
0: I thought I thought Ryder was going to AEW to be with Cody. That's what okay, I had maybe, maybe But exactly. I haven't heard anything. That's just a rumor and speculation. I thought there
1: was one more person coming in, but I can't think of well, who. Well, Heath it
0: Slater he Slater showed up at this at this pay-per-view. Yeah, um, I know he did. Um, it was just like a one-off spot mid-show, and he said he was going to enter in the five-way for the world championship, or he'd go for the Rascals open challenge because he's got a friend backstage who he's pretty sure would be willing to tag team with him.
1: Rhino! Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then uh, I don't know who the guy cool. was who came out. but some uh,
1: Slater and Rhino back together. Wasn't that kind of awesome? Yes,
0: yes, that was. I loved that. Um, <laughs> he Slater looked a little bit like a badass, though, because he came out cut his promo. He was a little bit silly, but then this guy came out. I don't know who he is, but he said he's never had a shot, and he wants in the Impact 5-way World Championship match. And then they fought, and Slater took him out pretty quick. And then, yeah, later there was that backstage segment with Rhino. And then like a backstage producer or something from WWE that I never saw and so he he's came fat. up and introduced himself like we all know who he was.
1: Oh Scott D'Amour.
0: Was it? He's fat and like old.
1: Yeah, yeah, Scott Diamore. Okay.
0: Yeah. D'Amour. It's Scott like, D'Amour. oh, it's like a big family reunion. Except um he's he's <laughs> Slater, look at your shirt. It says free agent, you don't work here and and you, you jumped over the barricade and you weren't allowed into the building. And so I'm going to give you guys a couple of minutes to, to say what you need to say, but then I got to get, get you out of this building. <laughs> and Ryan was like, just just come back on Tuesday, man. I'll make sure it's all good. So this is the same <laughs> shit Heath Slater was doing when he was a free agent between Raw and SmackDown. Right?
1: But now,
0: <laughs> same shit. I love that he continues hard. the character. It's good. Yeah. No, that's, that's, Heath Slater is great at being himself, and WWE just never used it right.
1: He is, and then uh, we have to mention the only one I think that we haven't mentioned who returned, uh, EC3 had a yes. uh, a Videotron promo, right? Yes,
0: it was like right at the very end as, as Eddie Edwards and the Good Brothers were sharing beer in the ring. Uh, uh, three Roman numerals came up on the, on the Titan drawn, I guess they don't call that anywhere else, but WWE, but whatever. <laughs> and then there was like this video package where EC3 is standing there with facial hair and he looks dark and scary and angry and muscly and he like kind of cracks his neck and then it's like impact. Thanks you for watching this pay per view. Goodbye. <laughs> so he's going to be Eddie Edwards, probably a next, cha- next opponent, Maybe.
1: I, uh, you know, he's probably the biggest, he might be the biggest letdown from the people that have come to, w- him and Ricochet maybe. Yeah,
0: or. yeah, dude, No, yeah, especially <laughs> EC3, because that is exactly what Vince looks for in his That's top star.
1: Vince looks for. He's got the mic <laughs> skills, he's got the body, he's got the in-ring stuff. He's probably and dumb he's enough to be
0: a yes man.
1: And he started in WWE, you know, yeah. so it's like, how in the hell... I don't know how he didn't work in WWE. I don't know what happened there. But um, I'm happy to have him back in Impact because he deserves – he's so good at whatever he does. I'm
0: happy to have him back at Impact because I didn't get to watch him the first time in Impact. And everybody talks about how great he was. And then he came to WWE, and I'm like, yes, I finally get to see it. And he didn't do shit. No.
1: Yeah, he needs to be someplace where he'll be used, no matter yeah. where that
0: is. Yeah, no, it's it's, um, it's, it's weird because this is an era of, of Impact I never got to watch, but now I'm getting to watch it because all these people are coming back. <laughs> and so for me, it feels really good, but I don't have the nostalgia, so it's it's weird because I feel like the nostalgia is there, but it's not.
1: <laughs> right. No, I I, I like you. it. I, I like it.
0: And I guess maybe that's a good thing, you know, Impact's getting new eyes that they never had before. Yeah, show them what you did best. Exactly. Even if it is 10 years later.
1: No, exactly. So, Pacey, uh, best match on the card? What do you got?
0: Uh, The main event.
1: All right. And uh, if you had to give this pay-per-view a final grade overall, what would you give it? Uh, I'm going to go a solid B. All right.
0: That I could give it more. I'm just not willing to.
1: <laughs> no, that sounds about right from, from the way you described it. Um, I'm definitely going to go back and watch Impact Slam Anniversary. So, overall, I might add my final grade into this, and that might affect it in our year-end review, folks. Horror Show at Extreme Rules. I'm probably going to keep you at a D plus, but I might watch one or two of the shows.
0: At least watch Ziggler McIntyre. It was fun.
1: I should. Um, oh, the,
0: oh I, I forgot to say while we were reviewing it too. Well. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler is the only guy who can do anything extreme. I, I, you know, everything goes for him. He was right. the only guy who had any kind of scratches or, or scrapes or blood the entire match.
1: And he's the only one who can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Worked
0: for him. <laughs> there was a table spot that cut his arm. Like, <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, I thought that was funny, too. uh Yeah.
1: So let's move on to the Savage Sentinel, Pasty, for this week. Woo! We don't have a lot on it this week, but we haven't for a while, and that's just kind of the world we live in right now. It's the yes. COVID world.
0: So a shortage Sentinel, if you will. Why don't you kick it on off, Fat Mac?
1: Well, Pasty, it was announced Wednesday that Chris Jericho's Rockin' Wrestling rage at Sea triple whammy. Yes, folks, that'd be the third one. Has been postponed and will now sail from Miami, Florida, to Grand Bahama Island, on Thursday, October twenty first, twenty twenty one. It's been
0: postponed, so no whammies.
1: <laughs> through through Monday, October twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Of course, the previous dates were February first, twenty twenty one, through February fifth, twenty twenty one. So you got a good uh, seven month interval there. Yeah. Well, it'll probably get pushed back even
0: further. We're going into shell mode, I feel like. Uh, They're hoping
1: the COVID shit gets better going forward. We don't know. Um, I mean, Pasty and I know, at least in this state, starting tomorrow, mandatory masks anytime you're outside. Yep. So uh, things things aren't getting better as much as the... um, Well,
0: I mean, the president's wearing a mask now. I think that says something.
1: To say it yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna get political at all okay the thing is just be just just yeah just do do what you're told to do <laughs> how about right that
0: there. there's times to rebel
1: yeah i uh... i heard a commercial there's a commercial on our local radio station not that 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 plays that says uh times are changing terms like social distancing distance learning And C D C recommendations. Things we never listened to before. It's like, what? We didn't listen to CDC recommendations before? What the fuck is going on? Isn't that their only job? Is to tell us what to fucking do? Uh. What how did that what do you mean things we didn't listen to before? Yes, we've always listened to C D C recommend I hope we've listened to CDC recommendations. My <laughs> gosh! Why? How is that something we haven't listened to before now? Hey Fat Mac, E.
0: coli is fake. <laughs> I think somebody needs to tell you that.
1: I think so. It's I've not had E. coli. It's, it's a not myth. Good. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, man. Uh, yeah, no, no. Kirsten went to the store today, and I know this is a little bit derailing, but uh, went to Walmart today. The mask mandate in Princeton started on Monday, but she's walking around, and everybody's got their masks on their ears, but down under their nose or off on under their chin completely.
1: Right, which, which
0: doesn't work. Kirsten walked by a lady asking a Walmart employee where the Clorox wipes are with no mask.
1: It's like, why don't you just put a, t- a condom on your sack? Maybe you- she
0: was gonna make the mask out of the Clorox wipes. I like to think that that maybe that, you I know, know, I don't know.
1: I don't, you know. Personally, I don't like wearing a mask, but also personally, if you tell me to wear a mask and if it's better for everybody else, I'm gonna do it. Uh, it's not gonna hurt me. It doesn't hurt me. No, it's an inconvenience, yes, but it, it's you know, not fun. Having Literally having to put pants on is an inconvenience for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. And I still have to do it when I leave the house. <laughs> so if I can put pants on, I can put a fucking mask on. That's actually simpler.
0: My mom, she's she's in the older bracket and all of her work friends are in the older bracket. So they're they're on they're the you God. know digging their heels into the ground. My mom went to the store and she went to Walmart like three times in a day and said she got everything she's going to need for the rest of the year. I said you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you didn't. There's no possible way. No, and then when the what? New Year's Eve? The the middle of winter comes and you're out of supplies and have to go to the store in flu season.
1: <laughs> but the ma- the mask is gonna reset on New Year's Eve, pasty. It's like it's like uh. the clocks—they just tick back down to zero. I don't, I
0: don't know what people think. I don't know how people behave. I just try to be as decent as
1: I possibly can be. <sighs> people are dumb. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> I know, I know. We don't like to do this. And we, we have to every now and then for our own sanity.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so that's the hot topic. It's on everybody's mind. So anybody listening has dealt with this themselves.
1: Oh, 100. Yeah.
0: And if you agree or disagree, let us know at Facebook.com forward slash Beef Sticks Podcast. Yes, that's right. Pasty is plugging that shit this week. I love it. Uh, okay. So where are we? Oh, yes. <laughs> WWE has confirmed August attempt at a SummerSlam, which fans in attendance will no longer take place at the TD Garden Arena in Boston, Massachusetts, as previously planned due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But will still air from the Performance Center in Orlando on Sunday, August 23rd. And NXT TakeOver Triple X will air the day before on the 22nd. Hopefully featuring the execution of Shawn Michaels by Adam fucking Cole.
1: Oh, I just want to see the Triple X version of Take. <laughs> Can't wait to see Adam Cole take it all off, baby.
0: <laughs> baby. Uh,
1: baby, let me see your baby swing swing.
0: Uh speaking of Adam Cole.
1: Yeah, Adam Cole, uh he, he kinda of, he kind of made a fuss this week. Kinda of got all over the internet when he stormed out at the end of a two hour interview with former NFL punter Matt Mac not Matt Pat McAfee after the host made several jabs at Bay Bay for being similar to Shawn Michaels but, quote, without ability to stand on his own two feet, relying on the rest of the Undisputed Era to push his career. He even
0: called members of the Undisputed Era possibly more talented than Adam Cole.
1: Yeah, which isn't true. Uh, The interview abruptly ended as Cole swatted his microphone to the floor, yelling expletives, fuck you, Pat, seriously, I'm sick of your shit. I've come the whole way here to take time from my family to come and do your stupid fucking show, and you're going to continue to disrespect me? Cole pushed a crew member before storming out of the studio. This is all speculated to be a work, obviously, as the two individuals have been in somewhat of a Twitter war since McPhee became an NXT TakeOver pre-show anchor. This could be the beginning of a new era for Adam Cole, one where he doesn't have the force of the Undisputed Era backing him up, and possibly even one in which he has a match with Mr. WrestleMania himself, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, um, WWE talent, professional talents, don't blow up like that on camera. Um, So... A work, a hundred percent, a work. Not a bad thing. The addition
0: a- of the the cussing really helped, though. I think, like, to to put any kind of question in somebody's mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it <laughs> wasn't
0: a WWE shoot promo. It was a uh, just the shoot promo. I like that. I uh, just hope it doesn't wind up with a uh, McAfee versus Cole because that's. That's what I was just gonna say. It's On like, SummerSlam, yeah. it's his main main roster debut against Pat McAfee.
1: That's what I was just gonna say. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh! But this could see the uh, the beginning of a split between Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. We've heard rumors that quote the the main roster is ready for the Undisputed Era, but quote some are ready to come up and some are hesitant. So could we see, you know, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong come up on their own as singles and then see Red Dragon still stay down in NXT? I, I don't know. Could we see just Adam Cole come up and the rest stay down there?
0: Honestly, I hope, like, Cole and Strong stay on NXT and, <laughs> and Fish and O'Reilly get called up. Because, I mean, the tag team division always needs more people. That is that is true. They probably won't be used properly, but they're not no. going to be used properly in WWE regardless without the Undisputed Era.
1: Correct. So I, I agree. Adam Cole, I, I worry. Everybody listening to this knows I, I suck Adam Cole's balls. I do. <laughs> and um, I worry when he leaves NXT that his balls are going to shrink up a little bit and I'm going to have to try harder yeah. to suck on them. And in that, NXT, Adam
0: Cole can be Triple H Jr., but in WWE, Cole will have to be Triple H Jr., which is a very different thing.
1: Exactly. <laughs> he has to fuck Stephanie. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. No, except for maybe Vince. Well, Vin- well, Vince <laughs> obviously probably has him and Macho Man. Not at the same. I'm not saying at the same time, be. <laughs> That would be disgusting. <laughs> a grown man fucking his daughter at the same time as another grown man? That would just be sick. No, he fucked his daughter on his own.
0: Oh, my God. The kids this week wanted to watch some wrestling, so I just put on a random WrestleMania, you know, whatever. Parker comes up to me. He's like, do you know Donald Trump? <laughs> yeah. Some guy
1: just punched him. Some <laughs> guy <laughs> just punched him. What do we ask if you knew Donald Trump? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I know. We used to go to camp together. <laughs> Why are you lying to a kid like that? I'm not Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. I'm the guy who gave me the idea for The Apprentice. <laughs> I haven't seen any royalties yet.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought that was so funny. That
1: is. That uh... is. <laughs>
0: Thankfully, that that WrestleMania started off with, I think, the second ever um, um, Money in the Bank briefcase match, and that was all they had the attention to sit through, but they enjoyed it. Yes. AEW has announced it will hold an eight-team women's tag team tournament this summer. The eight teams will compete in a single elimination tournament with the winners being awarded a cup trophy. Let's hope it looks better than Naomi's. The first, <laughs> the first team announced for the tournament is the Nightmare Sisters, Brandy Rhodes and Allie, who I haven't been watching lately, but I thought they hated each other. I think that that was like Brandy's thing when Allie came in. It was like I fucking hate yeah, I don't that know bitch.
1: Where that came from?
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Allie
1: know. was the, the bunny with the. Butcher. Yeah,
0: and then now she's dating Marshall Apple Eater guy.
1: Yeah, she was. Yeah, exactly.
0: And so and now that, she's and
1: now she's with Brandy?
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't okay. think it's going to last long. I don't think it lasts the tournament. <laughs> 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 Much like uh the Nightmare Collective.
1: Yeah, right? That doesn't matter either. No, two weeks. Randy Rhodes, I mean, she might be a brilliant mind. She just doesn't belong in the ring. She just doesn't. I'm sorry.
0: A manager is okay.
1: She's a good, I was going to say, she's good on the stick. She was good as an interviewer. She'd be a, oh, excuse me, she'd be a good manager, but she doesn't need to be in the ring. I don't care how many people in PWI voted her sexiest woman. Yeah. She doesn't need to be in the ring. And Allie deserves I'd say she deserves better than this, but depending on what happens, I mean being being paired with Brandy Rhodes could accelerate your career in AEW, so it could.
0: I don't it's weird. It's the second time they've completely just changed Allie's gimmick at the drop of a dime, and to me I don't like that.
1: Yeah, but they've done that with Brandy Rhodes also. Yeah. It seems like they just don't know what to do with either of these two gals. It's so weird because I
0: feel like Brandy doesn't want to be in Cody's shadow forever as, like, his wife. But then everything she does is so in line with what he does that it doesn't make a fucking difference.
1: Yeah, calling yourself the Nightmare Sisters doesn't help. Yeah, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) I think, I mean, just take them both. Take them both off TV for a while, repackage them and bring them back as
0: Why does why do they have to be the nightmare anything if they're not heels? That's the way I look at it. If you're coming off as baby faces, just don't.
1: I mean, do we know these two aren't heels? We don't know what they are.
0: I mean, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: They're the what? nightmare. Yeah. I I hear you though. The night nightmare should definitely be a heel thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't
0: know He's uh
1: I'll tell you something, that's probably going to be uh, better. I hate to say it, but AEW's women's division is, is, is shallow. So an eight-team women's tag tournament, which is 16 women.
0: Yeah. I can
1: only imagine it's not going to be the best thing ever. But it's, just, it's, it's
0: disappointing because it doesn't even end in, in championships, you know, at least as far as we know so far.
1: Right. But something that is going to be worth watching and is going to be great from AEW Pasty next Tuesday AEW fans can tune in to the most stacked AEW Dark card in the history of AEW Dark. And of course, being on YouTube, it's free to watch. Now, just listen to this lineup, folks, and I can guarantee you that not only am Pasty and I going to watch this, you're going to tune in for every match. We got. SoCal Uncensored versus Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party. Bam, right right there you have me sold. Yes. Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon versus FTR. Okay.
0: They're going to lose fast, but it'll be good.
1: Yes. (laughs) Best Friends versus Alex Reynolds and John Silver. I don't know who Alex Reynolds and John Silver are. I know who
0: Long John Silver is. I don't think it's the same guy.
1: We also got the Dark Orders, Evil, Uno, and uh, Stu Grayson versus Sean Dean and Will Hobbs.
0: Which is crazy because I thought they were stuck in Canada.
1: Uh, I think they got Open Borders now. Ah. For four sports. Um, Essential. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got Michael Nakazawa and Pineapple Pete versus Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela I'm looking forward to. Yes,
0: that'll be good.
1: Sammy Guevara versus Fuego del Sol, Wardlow versus Aaron Solo, Penelope Ford versus Kenzie Page, Scorpio Sky versus Corey Hollis, Abaddon versus Skyler Moore, Lance Archer versus Frankie Thomas, and we will see Orange Cassidy take on Serpentico. That'll
0: be a good so, one. I like that like A third of these names, I have no idea who they are, but I like that the fact that AEW is putting over talent that isn't necessarily theirs, or, you know, putting talent on the show that's not necessarily theirs.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what Dark's all about, is is promoting talent that...
0: And finding the next people to sign. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It looks good. It looks good. I'm going to try to tune in for sure.
0: I don't watch enough Dark. I don't watch enough dark, and I and I feel enough. like lately, like they've been bragging, like a, a ten man ma- or ten matches in a dark show, eight matches in a dark show. You don't even get that on Dynamite, you know. So that's that's crazy and probably worth turning, tuning into. I right. think uh, it's just YouTube money is probably a little bit more important in this economy with the pandemic going on, and they're definitely making use of it in a way that I I approve of.
1: Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> Yes. 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 So that's that. Move on to the next one, which was yes. We'll get into which you. is who I was trying to talk about earlier, but I couldn't think of who it was, and now you can. Uh, you can let it. You can let it out. I call <laughs> him Jack Writer. <laughs> I mean, guy. that's the same
0: thing. It's the same thing.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: Former Raw Tag Team Champion Brian Myers, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins, is officially headed to Impact Wrestling. A new Coming Soon vignette for Myers' Impact rival aired during tonight's episode on Access TV that aired on Tuesday and not on Friday, because of course, why would it? The promo features Myers around a wrestling ring, while several phrases are heard in the background. Close your mouth, open your ears, you can handle it. Always be ready. On the right track. Trust the process. Just missing something. Talent?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I'm haven't not... seen
0: Kurt Hawkins outside of WWE, but I'm not... A, 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 a,
1: to I haven't it. either, but I'm not excited for <laughs> his return. There. I'm not, I mean, he I'm not he had to go somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not horribly excited for Heath Slater either, but at least he has charisma. Yeah. So maybe something could work, but um yeah, Kurt Hawkins. Um I'm Curt not excited Hawkins has him. been
0: WWE left WWE and been WWE again. Yeah. Heath Slater, I'm excited to see just what he can accomplish without WWE holding him back.
1: And and he might fall flat on his face. We he might.
0: Know. It could could very well be that.
1: I don't think it will be. Well, somebody who isn't going to fall flat on his face, we know for a fact, due to a proven track record, MLW World Champion, Jacob Fatu. And basically, he isn't going anywhere anytime soon, and it's not because of the quarantine from COVID-19. No. The next five years, he has signed on for a new extensive contract with the promotion Going to 2025. Yes. So um, MLW doesn't appear to be expecting to uh, slow down anytime soon. They're investing in the next five years. That's a very promising thing, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, Fatu found a good home with MLW, and I hope they take good care of him, keep him there for a while. Uh, Good things for this guy. It's really exciting. And lastly, in the comings and goings, Sammy Guevara made a surprise return to AEW this week to assist Chris Jericho and Jake Hanger in defeating the Jurassic Express just four weeks after Tony Khan suspended Guevara for a remark he made on a podcast years ago in which he said he would, quote, rape Sasha Banks, unquote. The company suspended Guevara without pay, and his future with AEW would be considered after he completed therapy and classes.
1: But just a month Really? I guess he's a different person. He don't look different. It's like when you uh, send an addict to rehab for 30 days and they come out and they've found Jesus in their (laughs) bed. And then they are stealing your fucking VCR the next day. (laughs) I didn't know I had a VCR. It was fucking packed in my basement and you stole it. It's, it's kabuki-ish. Let's say that. To use, to use a wrestling term, let's say that. It's kabuki-ish.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Jimmy Havoc will be back soon then. Although yeah. I hope he, his case is looked at a little bit differently, or maybe he's got to go through more stuff, because he's got to get his head right. Because like we said before, the reason they can't just fire him is because he'll kill himself.
1: Yeah. Uh. Just seems kabuki I mean... I get it's something that you said, and, you know, maybe he didn't mean it at the time, maybe it was a joke, this and that, or the other, but where we're at right now, I would hope you would spend more than a month. I I don't know. I don't know. Kabuki-ish is the only thing I can say about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. We move into the injury report, and thankfully, Pasty, we only have one thing on the injury report, and that's a little coffin drop. Darby Allen reportedly suffered a concussion during a segment with Ricky Starks and Brian Cage on Wednesday's episode of Dynamite. No further details are released as to what happened or when he will return. Ricky
0: Starks attacked him from behind, and I think it caught him off guard. Not a whole lot, but I mean, Darby Allen in the ring with Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Of course, you got to anticipate some sort of injury. <laughs> right. I mean, Darby Allen in general, it was just a matter of time.
1: Oh, Darby Allen, <laughs> just tossed him to the wind. I, mean, I follow oh. him
0: on Twitter. Have you seen any of his skate videos? He puts up. This kid is fucking nuts.
1: I have not watched a skate video on twitter for i think he lit himself
0: on fire and did a drop in on a half pipe and shit like they just do some weird dumb shit because they're bored kids and it's just funny that a professional wrestler still lives that lifestyle that's weird
1: that's good for him that's not my thing (laughs) not not a bad thing just not my thing
0: right you think darby hangs out with superhuman
1: Oh my, you know how I think about that.
0: <laughs> I love him. I love him. He's an inspiration to the nation.
1: Oh, shut up. He's a horrible human being. He's this a horrible... For all the
0: juggalos and jugglets, I hope you like it. Fuck shit. this shit. He's a worthless piece of shit. Oh, I love him. I don't care. Fuck he's him. a national fucking
1: treasure. And I hope, like a lot of national treasures, he's gets buried underground for fucking <sighs> damn that's what...
0: uh, I want him to sign to AEW just to piss you off.
1: That I would never watch AEW.
0: <laughs> Not like you were going to anyway.
1: Oh, I'm going to when they get fans. I hope we get fans back.
0: Well, they have fans. They dominated NXT in the ratings this week. Big for the gap. first
1: time in three weeks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> NXT ganked their idea and got the yeah. It's because of Keith Lee, and I can't say I, I disagree with that. I think NXT probably won. But
1: it's, you know what? It's mostly just because of. I mean, it's because of the pandemic. It has nothing to do. I don't think you can take any ratings right now seriously for anything. I hate to say it, but it's true. I just don't think you can,
0: yeah, no, no uh twenty twenty is like whose lines is it is is it anyway? the points don't fucking matter,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect, pasty <laughs> uh, that's perfect. the rules are made and like up. like many of-
0: Americans think everything is made up, including the virus, yep,
1: yeah. everything's made up, and the points don't matter <laughs> um, it's uh. Uh, so we ask- got to
0: end the show on a hoedown now? Is that like where we're getting here?
1: <laughs> yeah. What I do want to say before we leave is I hope that, first of all, WWE is going to survive. And, of course, they're doing everything they can. AEW, I hope, survives because they were dealt a bad fucking hand. They started off so strong and, and nobody could have predicted what happened. NWA, there's reports of them shutting down, and then Billy Corgan saying they're not shutting down. I hope they don't. They've made such a resurgence lately that I I hope they do not. MLW just signed Jacob Fatu to a five-year contract. They look like they're sticking it out. Impact Wrestling looks like it's sticking it out. Um, Honestly,
0: right now, I think Impact is my favorite promotion going. That's where I sit.
1: Chikara is start shutting down, and other companies are shutting down, and it's just, it's it's something you can't help because that's just the world we live in right now. But I, I honestly, honestly hope that these promotions can just keep giving us product, and 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 maybe even after all of this, maybe we can birth a new promotion that gives us new hope and and different stuff also because every single one of those promotions I I listed MLW impact NWA AEW WWE they all give us different stuff and it's some of it's slightly different some of it's very different but it's so enjoyable it's a buffet
0: it's a buffet of wrestling
1: That's oh man, you you said it perfectly. I you know people say that wrestling should be a buffet and it should have a little bit for everybody. That's the world we literally live in right now. So I hope this pandemic doesn't take that from us.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. I like the choices we have. I like that you know almost on a weekly basis, my favorite promotion can change just because everybody's got to do so much to get over.
1: They're all the trying.
0: Same, yeah, yeah, it's good. It feels good. Everything's great. I miss the fans. Well, the same For sure. point. I, 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 find myself. I don't know if I like the silent arenas better. Or if I like the the wrestlers at ringside better. It's a it's a tough call. Um, they both have their high points and low points. Right. I just. I-
1: I prefer fans on the ringside better. <laughs> We're coming into
0: a critical zone here in America, and I feel like uh, maybe maybe more promotions need to start going the route that some of these promotions that are shutting down should go. Right. Because in the grand scheme of things, wrestling is not necessary. It's nice, but we've all lived without it.
1: Exactly exactly it's a luxury it's not a necessity
0: yeah <clears throat> yeah it's tough it's everything changes on a weekly basis that's with the virus that's with professional wrestling that's with uh, this podcast some weeks we give you you know barely an hour this week hey get look at this fat mac we're hitting two hours tonight
1: hours two, two hours
0: hours
1: Missed last week completely. We got two hours this week. How do you like that?
0: Oh, it's good stuff.
1: It's good That's the perfect, that's actually the, just the perfect anecdote for what's going on in the world today. Yeah. You might get nothing, you might get a full show. We don't know. We don't know. But it was good. Uh, Borderline great. And and I don't know a better way to end this, Pasty.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, if you didn't watch the pay-per-views, once again, watch Slammiversary. Skip the horror show. And if you're really interested, check out, you know, two to three matches on it. And you, you'll you be all right. Just uh, don't waste your time with Wyatt on this one. It hurts me to say that. Uh, but uh, we love you guys. Uh, keep staying safe and doing the do From us to you, my name is Pasty.
1: Don't do the do. What are you fucking promoting Mountain Dew now? That's just
0: yeah, they're the new sponsor on the show.
1: Don't do the do. (laughs) That's going to be my my ending statement on this. Is don't do the do.
0: (laughs) We'll see you next week, folks.